Prep Zone podcast is brought to you by AlessandraDivinaHomes.com. Are you in the market to buy or sell your home? Or perhaps you're just curious about how much your current home might be worth? Just head over to AlessandraDivinaHomes.com. That's A-L-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-A-D-I-V-I-N-O Homes.com. Whether you're taking the first step into real estate arena or you are a seasoned buyer or seller, Alessandra's unparalleled understanding of the housing market and passion for helping her clients will make sure you start your real estate journey with confidence. Don't miss out on the opportunity to work with a realtor who truly cares about your needs and goals. Visit AlessandraDivinoHomes.com today to explore listings, learn more about the buying and selling process, and access valuable resources for all your real estate inquiries. AlessandraDivinoHomes.com, your trusted partner in real estate. And by ASF Sports and Outdoors. Looking to up your game? ASF Sports and Outdoors has you covered. From soccer and basketball to golf and tennis, they've got it all under one roof. No matter your skill level, you find the perfect gear to help you perform at your best. In addition to all sports gears, they have an extensive selection of clothing and shoes certain to meet your needs. More than just a store, ASF is your community hub for all your sporting goods. Visit their website at shopasf.com or their store at 1560 East Post Road in Westport. ASF, not only selling products, but also sharing their love for sports and helping you find the right fit for your needs. ASF is your sports headquarters. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, this uh, today's edition of the Prep Zone podcast. Uh, today, I'm sitting here with Coach Barry Beatty. Coach uh, Barry Beatty is a Staples Grove's varsity head coach. He's been since 2014, so entering his ninth season. He's also owner of First Touch Conditioning. Uh, Barry has been carried the girls to two back to back state titles, breaking a 41 year drought. The last title was 1989. Now they're back to back state champs. Uh, Barry has also been named the New England Coach of the Year by the United Soccer Coaches in 2022. Uh, Barry began his coaching career at prestigious Maiden City Soccer Academy in Derry, North Island. Can't wait to hear about that. And then he moved across the pond here when he came over with Noga Soccer Coaching Academy in Long Island. Coach Barry, how are you today? Not too bad, not too bad. Thanks so much for joining us. We're just so excited to have you here today. Uh, we were just chatting a little bit before. Tryouts just started. How was that go? Uh, we've had three sessions so far, so two fitness sessions and then a technical session. So we got all the kind of all the nitty gritty out of the way, and now uh-huh. they get into playing their games. That's great. Uh, you know, what do you think the team strengths are going to be this year, coming off back-to-back state titles? What do uh, you think? Um, it's easier to win stuff once you have a habit of winning stuff, you know. Um, for us, it was about delivering the first one, and then once you deliver the first one, the confidence is there. We returned a lot of the starting lineup, returned ten seniors. That's great. Yeah, and our underclassmen are we're in a good spot with some of them. So yeah, can't complain. So you got a senior heavy squad coming up this year. Yeah, we have a senior heavy squad, but one of our sophomores coming in represents the U.S. national team for U15. And we've got one of our junior captains who was our top goal scorer and um, all-FCAC and all-state player last year who scored a hat-trick in the state final. So we're still returning a couple of studs. That, that's terrific. Now, is there a game that you've circled in your schedule right now? I mean, obviously, you. I think you were the one being haunted. You know, you are back-to-back state champs. But yeah. is there a game that you look to schedule like, this game is going to give me something? Yeah, I always feel like when since you get I've become a coach in Westport, 
I always feel like every single game the target's on our back, regardless if we're yeah. winning or not, you know. But once we started winning, it became even more. But it's easier to preach a siege mentality once once it's happening in every game. I always tell the kids, Staples girls soccer is every single team's World Cup final. If they beat us, that's their championship. Yeah, yeah and, and that's uh, and I think that's true for a lot of the sports in town, right? I mean, yeah. Staples is a class house school, is always looked at as a powerhouse. So mm -hmm. when they come in, they're always looking to uh, stick it to them, right? No yeah. doubt about yeah. it. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit, and I was going to touch, that you, you have a player on your roster that's currently on the U.S. Uh, national team, Natalie mm -hmm. Chudowski, yeah. right? Uh, how does that affect the team? Really, I mean, both and off the pitch and confidence-wise and play-wise. Well, it's, it's always nice having the best player in the state, but the the really cool thing about the team's dynamic with her is her older sister's a captain. So, the Natalie, she's just playing on her sister's team and she's just getting along, you know. She's been given freedom to play and given freedom to really enjoy her soccer without any major pressure because she has someone that she can really look up to in her older sister who's been doing it with her dad on the soccer feeds from day one. Yeah. So the dynamic's good. It, all the kids all look up to Natalie a lot, but they also, like, they kind of, like, rip on her a little bit for her successes, and she laughs along with it, and yeah. she's just a brilliant kid. Yeah, it it, it is. I mean, it, you know, someone who's followed the program understand that, you know, success as, you know, you started in uh, with the team. What was your first year? It was 2014, yeah. I was the assistant for two years before that. Right, yeah. and then I mean, so you you've seen like you've graduated a few classes, right? You've, yeah. you've seen what's going on there, but it, it seems like it's right now the program is looked at as a winning culture, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's more than just a season to season, player to player. I think that I mean you can talk a little bit about that, but it seems to me like the program is just like when you think about strippers girl soccer, you think about winning. Yeah. Talk. I mean, what what is it that that, that made that change, that leap from a team who hadn't won a state title for forty one years to just do that um is there a secret I mean, sauce i guess that's what i'm asking i don't i don't necessarily know if there's a secret sauce but i for my whole for my whole playing career my whole coaching career i've won i've won a lot of trophies you know i've always been involved in teams that won and teams that teams have strived to win leagues and championships and that um but when i was when i was the assistant at staples heather driscoll was the head coach the year two years before that she done a really good job, and she and she done a really good job of making sure that, like, the seniors were kind to the younger kids, you know, the freshmen. Mm -hmm. So when I took over, I didn't really try to change a whole lot. I just tried to make sure that the program was a program and it wasn't just so varsity centered. And then once you start giving kids belief and giving kids confidence that they can compete at the top, then you just sort of you need that first title. And we got lucky in our first year where we. Lauren Garcia, who played four years at Seton Hall, she scored on like a 79th minute goal against Fairview Ward and gave us our first FCAC title since 95 in my first year. Okay. So as yeah. soon as you start winning, then you can just keep breeding success because you say, well, this is the level we wanted to be at. Now we're here, now we have to stay here. And it's just been about trying to keep the program ticking over at the top. Yeah, I mean, I always feel like Winning is it's not just something about one game. It's it's something that you need to learn how to do. Yeah. Right? It's about those key little moments. Like, I feel like soccer is a sport that, you know, sometimes you can be playing a 90-minute game and then two seconds aside the whole game. Right? A mistake yeah. here, a mistake there. Yeah. So the focus really has to be on in your coaching staff to keep the players ready of all times. Yeah. And how, I mean, how does a training regimen, how do, you, how do you guys do that? How is it, how does it go? Um. 
Well, this is all the side of the game that people don't really see. Like, I don't, I don't start coaching until three o'clock. But if I play Fairfield Ward in two weeks' time, I'll make sure I go see their games about three times if I can. Then I watch their game tape and I develop a plan. And then we build the sessions around how the game's going to be. So everything we do is in preparation for the next game. And then, as long as the kids feel prepared, and as soon as they start playing the game and the things that they did in practice start falling into place in the game, then the question marks start going away for what's happening. So there's less surprises with what comes around in the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of in terms of stuff my coaches do and something that we try to preach is if we can build a culture where kids are able to come, forget about school, forget about stress, forget about they just come and play soccer and enjoy playing in the team, then if, if a kid comes in as a freshman and that's what the seniors preach and that's what they practice, then... The, the the culture remains the same because it then just continues through the years, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's incredible. It, and I think that one thing that, you know, I always when you talk to parents and people who are coming up, like, like ladies, girls were coming up, and trying to be in the program, it's always like, you know, what do I need to do to make the team? So my question to you is, wh- what do you you know in your position as a head fo- as head coach, what do you looking at player. I mean, we know about talent, right? Mm-hmm. But there's all these intangibles. So what advice would you give to someone who's like, well, hey, you know, I'm like, it's in the seventh grader, you know, sixth grader, and I play soccer in Westport, soccer here. I'm on the travel teams, club teams. I mean, what, what does a, uh, you know, a varsity head coach look for in a player? The first, thing I, the first thing I'd like to see is kids who are prepared to do the work. So everyone knows that we do the same two fitness tests every year. So if you get a kid in and she hasn't prepared for those fitness tests, that's that's always a big thing because if they're on the time off and they don't do any work, that's that's something that really, I don't know, it goes against them, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the other thing for me is I like kids who are willing to compete but also be nice to their teammates. There's going to be kids who are playing in the exact same position that might not get the game time but they want the best for the kid that's in their position. To me, that, to me, that's what a teammate is, and that's they can push each other as hard as they want in practice, but as soon as the game starts, they're in support of each other. So being good with your teammates is something that's big, really big for me. Yeah, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, when I look at it, it's, you know, when I've had, you know, uh, you know children who've gone to the program, and it's tough because sometimes you don't play, but, but at practice, that, that player's playing a lot. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's like getting the teammates ready. Yeah. So sometimes like a parent will go to a game and he'll be discouraged about, you know, my kid's not getting playing time. However, he's not seeing everything that you guys are seeing day to day of that player. Right. I mean, and that's got to be really important to the team. Yeah, it's huge. When we before game days, we generally would say like this is going to be the starting group for tomorrow. And then I, I, co- I actually coach the other kids. My assistants coach the team that's going to start because they know our game plan. I coach the other kids, they train like the team we're about to play. So whenever we get it, whenever we come away, like we beat Glastonbury uh, 3-0 in the state semifinal last year, I owe that so much to the kids that didn't get on the field because they played exactly how Glastonbury would play in the game. They actually beat our team. <laughs> the non-starters beat our starters 3-2 in a game before the day before we played Glastonbury. That's incredible. And, I, and my team talk after practice was like, well, Glastonbury just won. <laughs> <laughs> what's going to happen tomorrow right? yeah. and then we showed up and our team how Glastonbury played was exactly how our bench players played 
So our team were prepared, and they just went off, and they won the game 3-0. I mean, it speaks volumes, right? To I mean, yeah. really, just not just having your starters, but also having a, a group, yeah. right? A, a real team, yeah. right? I mean, last year we've, you finished a record of ten wins, one loss, and four ties. You're mm -hmm. ranked number three in the state, mm -hmm. going to the state tournament. Uh, you did lose in the FCAC, but you won the state championship, like you mentioned, with a four-one victory over the number one seed. Yeah, right. And I mean, we all know that this, you know, this season has a lot of work to be done. But you look at yourself, say, hey, this year we're, we're going to get back there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, as long as we're, I always tell the kids, if you get that semifinal, it's anybody's. Um, we lost the FCAC final last year to St. Joe's. I'm going to cough here. Is that, is that bad? Sorry. <coughs> and I, I, I actually said to the reporters after the game, that was some of the best advertisement for girls' soccer you could see. We lost 3-1. We could have won the game 4-3. <laughs> we missed a PK. They, 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 we, they missed a PK and scored a rebound. It was just... One of those days, but I always saw the kids were upset. I said, if you play like this through states, you'll win it, no problem. If you play soccer the way you play tonight, you'll win states, no problem. We went 3-0-5-0-3-0-4-1 in the state run. It's an incredible run. I mean, I remember following that, and the question really wasn't, you know, did they win? It's how much did they win by, <laughs> right? I mean, but it, again, it, it just goes to uh, to the state of the program. And and I guess my, my last question to you before we get the last thing would be, you know, when you, what's the message out there to the soccer community, right? Because you have, in Westport, we're very, um, soccer is big, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, there's so many travel teams and there's the, the rec leagues, there are the club teams. I mean, it seems like everywhere you look, there's a new program popping up. Yeah. Right? And as someone like yourself who's been around the game for so long, has, is, you know, has had success at all levels, you know, uh, you know, I know we talked about what is a player who's getting a team, but the program overall, soccer. I mean, what's what do you think to someone who's just starting getting started on, on the game? I would say, put in the work, enjoy it. If you, if you don't love a sport, don't waste your time with it. Move on to something and find something you love. You know, I want kids who play all the way through travel, rec, whatever, to come and try out for stable soccer. And though as a freshman, they won't get cut. We don't cut freshmen ever. We just move the best ones up and have them play where they're going to be challenged. It's nice for freshmen to come into high school knowing that they're going to make a team and have 20 teammates every day to go and hang out with, you know. But, yeah, I would just say if you, if you love it, stick with it, work hard. And if you don't love it, move on to something else and find something you love. That's excellent. And then, um, you know, one more thing that as you were talking there, I was thinking, you know, we sometimes because of the competitive nature, uh, players who – don't make club teams, and you mentioned rec, right? Mm -hmm. Players who don't make club teams sometimes will be discouraged to come out and try and say, I haven't played club team, there's no way I'm going to make this team. Yeah. What do you tell to, to players like that? Well, I would say just keep trying. We we were seeing that about five years ago. We were seeing a decline in freshman numbers. And uh, I spoke to the WSA, and I said, like, I'll, I'll free up some time if I can coach the eighth grade kids. The first year, I had eight kids. I had the emerge of... A, group of eight kids from Norwalk. We called the team Norport. I remember <laughs> that. I remember seeing that Norport, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the year after that, I started getting 20. Last year, I had 28 in my roster, like but 35 tried out. This year, I had 45 try out for my U14s, so we were able to make two teams. So now me and my JV coach coach them. So it's nice. The, the, the idea behind it was just to get them, they not fear the high school program, essentially. Whilst we're having all the success, 
the coaches aren't all that scary. You know, they're they're here they're here for the best for the kids, and they're here to develop and give them confidence. They go and try out, and if they get into high school and make the freshman team, then they can have a fun season. And if they move into basketball or lacrosse, and that's where they find their feet, then then so be it. But at least at least we gave them the opportunity to enter in high school where they can enjoy themselves. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of you know, and you look at pro athletes and they all talk about a lot of their success in being a pro is playing multiple sports yeah is really is developing different skills right yeah. i mean sometimes you know if you're a basketball player let me i think about kobe Bryant all the time he's played soccer until right i mean until, and then his feet were just so good in the basketball court because soccer gave him that yeah i mean it's just different skill level for sure yeah i mean every sport's trying to push kids to do one sport now just i don't know if it's like a competitive thing between the between the sports or the boards or whatever but i actually like kids who play multiple sports it does it definitely gives them a better sense of like they see different problems you know and different solutions to the problems because they've they've experienced it in different different avenues but yeah that's kind of the way it is now you see things differently right yeah well before i let you go i want to do a little quick hit uh our audience gets to know you a little bit okay so i'm going to no give problem. you a couple words and you uh just kind of tell us uh which one are you all right so, morning person or night owl? Night owl. Love late night TV. Texting or calling? Call. If it's anything over two texts, it's a call. Uh, beach or sightseeing? Sightseeing, hate sand. Comedy or drama? Comedy. Pop or rock? Pop, even though that's not, I wouldn't choose that anyway, but yeah, pop. Summer or winter? Summer. Hate the cold. From Ireland, really, I hate the cold. Oh, it's, it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, that's why I'm not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, cats or dogs? I don't really like either, but I'll take dogs. Can't really trust the cats. Sweet or salty? Sweet. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Roller coasters or merry-go-rounds? Roller coasters. All right, Coach Barry. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. it was great.